0: We have Brandon Schwab here with me today. Brandon, I really appreciate you being with me. And we're going to be talking about senior living as a niche investment here and strategy. And we haven't had a lot of guests on the show to talk about this, Brandon. So this is going to be interesting. But before we kick things off, I want to send everybody to your website because there's a lot of information and a lot of base background there. So head over to boutique fund.com. And I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. But Brandon even has an offer for people to So stay to the end and hear that URL. But Brandon, thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you very much for having me, sir.
0: So let's start things off. And I typically don't spend a ton of time on this, but this is near and dear to your heart for one particular reason, because of your grandfather. So I was hoping you could spend give us the crib notes associated with that.
1: Yes, for sure. My father passed when I was only about two and a half. So his father, he played a very active piece. And as I was able to age, right? When he got older, he had a stroke when he was 84 and he ended up having to go to a 200. It was a, a big place with about 150 to 200 plus people in it. And when he was getting care there, it was actually pretty bad. And it was the first time I got opened eyes up to how terrible the industry is and how our country care for the folks that are older is actually pretty terrible. So after that experience, uh, which was terrible, I came out of that of this is a terrible industry. And I tried to keep out of it. and fast forward about eight years, I got exposed to a home down in Florida that had five. It was a home about 2,800 feet and it had about five people in it. And it was the total opposite. And that's how I was able to get into it is I got exposed to it. And I said, this is the total opposite of everything that I ever saw back before. This would be cool if I took this home. Mm -hmm. So that's it. So when you said you got exposed to it,
0: was it, was that through another investor or how did you happen across this concept?
1: So Kelly's father plays the, he plays the, he plays his, he would do a show at the old folks home 328 times per year. Piano. And he would just tell these corny, terrible, just jokes. And it was painful. And so I would try to be like, Kelly, is there anything that I can do that I don't have to go cooking, cleaning things that I hated? How can I don't have to go to this thing? And because every time that I had to go to a place down there, because her family's down by Tampa and down in Tampa, they typically have places up. 10 floors, 12 floors of elderly. And I hated the atmosphere because it took me back to the time when I had to go through that personally. And I hated going there and I would just do anything that I didn't have to go.
0: No, I understand what you're saying, because every time I go into a nursing facility like that, it's almost like a, a death's waiting room, if you will. It's like there's every all the joy in. And- and everything's just sucked out of the atmosphere. You can feel it.
1: Yes. And the thing that happens is the people that are able to own them, they try to like earn every ounce out of their possible. So they just get cheap. And a thing that happens is they cut back on their highest cost. And therefore people don't have people there to help them. The average place coast to coast has a caregiver to every 20 to 30 people. And I felt that, that was terrible. I said if we could open up a company that has a caregiver to every 5 to 8 people, we could change the whole industry totally upside down. And that's what I did.
0: Right. You mentioned early, you know, what strikes me there, it almost sounds like our school system. <laughs> right. Yeah. With all that being said, you've mentioned not only that ratio, but according to some of the things that I've read, it sounds like there's not only the attention to the individual, but is there some attention to additional details and the atmosphere has to have greatly changed?
1: Oh, definitely. When you are able to go to a place that there's a... If you have the person offering care to 20 to 30 people, it does have an odor to it because people don't get changed. Now, picture if you were in a... If you were in your backyard, if you were in your backyard pool for two hours or three hours, your tissue changes, right? Now picture if you were 85 years old and you are in your own pee and poo for two to three hours, a thing that happens is as you turn, it tears and as it tears, it gets infected. So that's A, the odor, but that's also the top cause of people able to get hurt. And the past that I saw, that is able to translate into a ulcer, and that is able to kill over 70% of people. And I said, if we can figure out how to fix that, we can change this whole industry. The answer is just to offer awesome care.
0: You're right when you're dealing with a smaller group like that too i'm sure that there's with the staff they're building a relationship that the big box places they just simply can't you're yeah, just yeah. moving from everything is numbers at that point and i would guess maybe you can correct me if i'm wrong is that you're probably you have staff that probably stick around a lot longer because they grow these relationships with you with your residents
1: yes totally and as so as i asked them when they Think of this, they describe it as it is a home, but it has a very family atmosphere. That's the top thing that they are able to use. And as you have that, our longest caregiver has been with me for seven years. So our team doesn't typically turn people over as fast. The other part of the industry turn the team often because they're constantly just turn and turn it we feel that if we can keep people in there we don't have to we don't have to constantly teach people but then also we can give the people that are in the home a atmosphere that's awesome
0: you mentioned the health benefits there do you have any probably putting you on the spot but do you have any statistics associated with the long-term care that you provide versus the box yeah box stores like <laughs>
1: So our first property opened up in 2015, and one of the things that I have been able to do is our company has been able to help about 100 plus families over that time. And a thing that I found is our current portfolio, we have five homes open, we have two homes pending, and I've got 7.2 acres of land. We find that the average time that people are in all of our homes is 3.2 years. That's very different than, I think, the average place where they go. And as you are in an atmosphere that tells you you are at the end, so a thing that I think happens is the people that are in there, they don't put the effort to keep on pushing on. If the atmosphere constantly tells them you're old, then they finally think of it as, hey, and then just, and it's, so unfortunate, that's how it is. And our company tries to give a atmosphere where it feels like what they so are used to in a very awesome atmosphere that doesn't, it doesn't, it does not tell them any of that.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And I it, that just goes back to the power of mindset in general. We talk about being around the importance of being around like-minded individuals all the time. Absolutely, I, It makes perfect sense. That would be the case even in your, as you get older.
1: Yeah. So one of the things too, that I think is interesting of all of our homes is each of our, each person has their own place to go each evening time. It's typically like 12 by 12 or 14 by 14. Point being is they are there in the time when they are, so, like able to go down, but as they are able to get up, they are up and out. That's key because people get to talk to each other. A lot of these places have like their own they have everything in there that they don't have to go talk to anyone else, and anything that happens is up here. it just quits firing if you don't talk with other people. A thing that I do in all of our houses is I custom have A table for every person to eat at. So, for a house with just 16 people, that's a 22 foot total table. The point of that is everyone eats collectively and they get to talk to each other. Sometimes they get to, they get to like argue on, Hey, that is for her, or, and that's good because it gets them talking compared to having a table then they only talk to maybe two people or three people. Right. They, they don't talk to everybody.
0: Yeah, that's really promoting that family experience. Some So that's really interesting because when I think back, I've been to a lot of corporate-type meals or team-type meals, and those most memorable places were restaurants that serve family style. You you go in there and yep. you might be sitting with strangers, but you end up making these connections. And yeah. it actually is, there is something to that. Yeah. I would imagine that when you're, when you've been building this, you've probably learned quite a few lessons then associated <laughs> with it, building a team and and hiring those right people and finding those right people for the right seats.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I, our first house opened back in 2015 and I quickly figured out that I did not have the history to operate it past opening <laughs> So I quickly found out that I needed to find a a good person that has the history. So I was calling on church pastors and I finally got a church pastor to talk with me, which they are actually hard to talk to. They don't typically answer too often, but I finally got each one to talk with me. And I probably talked to him for 15, 20 minutes. And I think at the end, he didn't actually, he didn't actually tell me this, but I think he was like, Brandon, you are very awesome at doing all this. How about if I introduce you to a person that's been in the industry for 38 years? And I said, yes, that's a good idea. So I got together with her every Tuesday for about, I don't know, three months, four months, maybe. And at the end of that, she opted to partner with us and she invested. And I've had her in charge of ops as our team has as we have got up to four or five homes now, our team has so expanded. I think we have 80 employees total and a, about 10 of them are people that are, they are able to help everything. So it has been awesome to get to this point. But a thing that I've done is, so I'm good at finding people that are going to be experts at each area compared to awesome at everything because very Few people are awesome at everything or even two things or even three things. And if you can find people that are experts at the area, that's how I have been able to do it for the past eight years.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I was actually talking to my wife this morning about how it's, we. I've seen there's a few people in my network that seem to be adding more and more Offerings to their entrepreneurs and they keep adding more and more things to their business or what they offer. Yeah. And uh, and that typically seems like that's more along the lines out of desperation, like they're trying to grasp at things instead of niching down and getting right. really good at one thing. I, yeah. It's interesting how that works. Oh, yeah, for sure. So with that, I just want to remind everybody to learn more about what Brandon is doing, head over to boutique senior living for some think- more information on this, but uh, with all of it, it sounds like to provide this level of service to these families like you are, where does your cost for the family line up compared to the big boxes? Are you equivalent? Are, you, are people paying a premium for this service? How does that look?
1: Yeah. So a thing that our cost is typically equal, a thing that they do that's a tad bit off from us is they will charge people an upfront price and then they charge you extra as you were able to go. So a person could come in at 4,500 and then they could end up at 8,000 pretty fast within two months or three months. Cause they typically use a, they use a system that every time you ask for help, it is, quick. and then as you ever get to five, 10 points, 15 points, they are adding thousands of dollars every single time. So I feel that's if I don't feel that if I was doing it, that I would ever feel comfortable doing that. So I do things that are, that are going to be upfront. Our average price is about 6,000 to about 6,500 each month. And I tell people that price is good for the first year. And they can feel comfortable that they don't have to have things in at 4,500, then boom, you're at eight and it's, holy cow, $8,000. That's an extra 3,500 that I didn't count on. That puts people in a very, it's like awkward position. But a thing that I find is when you average things out, our cost is going to, our cost is going to be equal, but. When you compare what you were able to offer, what they are able to offer versus us, when I go, hey, if you're paying $6,500, but there's a caregiver to every 20 to 30 people on the first shift, a caregiver to every 35 people in the evening shift, and a caregiver to every 50 over there, but I'm a caregiver to every five to eight the whole entire type day. So wouldn't you think you would have to have extra here? It's an easy option for, for people to go, yeah, that's an awesome, that's an awesome opportunity. So we do very good when people are comparing us to everyone else. I just feel that the industry has gotten to a point where I compare it to the taxi, where I think the taxi cab industry got pretty comfortable. They didn't really have to do anything for 10 years, 20 years, because they just owned it, right? And then came a company called Uber that just turned it all upside down. I feel like we are the Uber that's turning it where the taxi cab equal for our industry just has these huge places, 100 to 200 plus people per house. And they don't think of them as like actual people. I think they just think of them as like, all right, this place is able to earn 50,000 or 80,000 or 200,000. They don't really think of them as people. I am very purposeful to keep it that when people choose to help us, they are helping people have a awesome final, a final chapter where they are in a huge place with a hundred to 200 people. They get to change the atmosphere totally in a home that is awesome compared to a big cold building that has a odor or unfortunately they tend to have a atmosphere where just when people ask for help because they have to have help, but then the whole place is just asking for help and it just puts you in this awkward position because you're in there. You are like, if I could help everyone, I totally could, but so you just can't. And that's the atmosphere that these places are fine with. I have heard families describe it as like they treat them like cattle animals. And it's hard to hear that, but that's what our country does. And I don't think that is how it ought to be done. So we are purposely trying to change all of that.
0: Outside of what you've just talked about, the smaller staff per person ratio. Are there certain other amenities that you might provide that they're already in a house versus a box facility? Like I almost see it as like a cube world, but what other type of amenities maybe that you would offer that people would find that are different?
1: Yeah. So we've got five houses today. We get them together and we take them out Thursday evenings. They take them out for concert in the... The concert in the park on Thursday evenings. One of our houses is actually pretty big, and it's about eighteen thousand feet. But downstairs, it actually has an indoor pool. There's very few places that I've ever heard of that are that they are able to do that. The whole point that I kept the pool was I felt that when the kids come to hang out, they are going to have they, they are going to have an easier time coming to our house when they get to just have an awesome time. And then I felt that those families would take photos of them and they would post them on Facebook, right? People mm-hmm. are going to go like, where are you at? Right. Now? That's cool. And that's going to help us open. In between all of our houses, I feel we've got everything that every elder is able to offer, but I do it in so a home. So every day I have an LPN or RN that is going to, that is going to, be so at the house every day. And then I also have an MD that's able to come to each house each week. And we are able to offer everything else that every other is able to do, but in an atmosphere that doesn't tell you that you are old every day.
0: You mentioned sharing on Facebook. I was curious as to how are you found? Like, I'm guessing that our people are searching for this type of atmosphere. And we saw it over the past two years I think I saw a statistic recently: over three million kids were pulled out of public school recently, which is above and beyond what what's normal. As people are just looking for alternatives in in every aspects of our life today, so I'm guessing that outside of social media, are you doing any other strategies so that people are aware of you and what you provide? Yeah.
1: So when we take people out, we have two 2020 Ford transits. And those four transits are actually, they've got our company info on the outside. So when people are able to, when we take people all over the place, that's actually a, it's an advertising piece where people get to go, oh, that is that guy. And then also one of the things that I do is I partner up with other places in the area that could potentially have people that could help us. So I will partner up with the churches I will do with the estate people that they have folks that are able to get older. They have to have help. And then I also help the discharge planners. They have a huge challenge. Okay. Do you know that if anyone comes out of, if they get discharged from a hospital, if they come out of the hospital and if they come back to the hospital within 30 days, that the hospital doesn't get paid. So what they have is they have a challenge that they need to discharge them to places where they can get good care. Cause just picture doing a very, a very costly type of a thing that's two, three hundred thousand dollars, and picture if they come back in 28 days, you don't get anything out of that. So is that
0: because of Medicare or something? Is that a problem yeah. there? Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah.
1: So, what I think they're finding is they're trying to find partners that can offer good care. And I think a thing that they're finding is these places with 100 to 2 people, they just can't take care of people how they used to. And they are trying to find other options. So, if I can go to a hospital that has 45% of people coming and that they don't get anything off of me. If I can help them take from 45% down to 10, we are changing the whole thing.
0: When you got into this asset class, you mentioned before we hit record one of your biggest lessons associated Mm -hmm. with this so far. Could you fill people in on that?
1: Yeah. So we had, we got through COVID. uh, This was June of 2021. And I had an agent called me and he goes, Bramon, you've got to check out this deal. It was a portfolio of homes that we were trying to purchase. And we put in a offer and we were going to get financing through the SBA because in 2021, the SBA had financing that was incredible, right? So we put this offer in that was at a 14% cap rate, which we were buying it for 12 and a half million dollars. And what happened is we were almost finished with the whole process. We were about 30 days out from having this all finished. And I got a phone call from the SBA financing, and they told me that they had to have an extra 30 days for them to finish this up. So I called the owner and they said, hey, Brandon, we just can't do it. They got an offer that was higher than ours. So I panicked and I tried to bring in capital to get this thing funded. And I figured out when you need to bring in 12.5 million in 30 days, it's hard to do that, right? People could just tell that you're just trying to go get it done. So a thing that taught me was I need, what is that old quote where they're able to say you need to dig your well before you have to have water? I didn't do that. I was just like, hey, there's tons of people out there that have capital, I could just call them. And a thing that I found was that I needed to change what I was doing. So the end of this, so I can tell you that so I had to ask for our upfront hundred thousand. I was able to get all of that back. But what happened was I built up attorney bills of 125,000 dollars. I wanted to puke. Like it was, I was just like, I can't get that back. So we came up with terms where we were able to settle for like $85,000 and that cost me 85000 because this deal ended up exploding, right? So there was an other person who was able to purchase it, but this would have 2X'd our whole portfolio literally overnight. So I was bunked. But after that, I haven't ever purchased anything for $85,000 that I didn't have an actual thing to hold afterwards cars toys this was a investment that this was an $85,000 so that had to teach me what is this going to what is this going to actively teach you and at the time of this happening I was bummed I was like that's 85,000 where am I going to come up with this and point being afterwards I decided to actually step down from our OTCO because I was actively in it I was putting in forty fifty each week actively in our opco that was going to be, it was actively part of each home each day. I said, so I need to get out of this. And I focus a hundred percent from August of 2021 to August this year on opening up our own fund, because I felt that if I can have capital prior to actually having to have it we can go get things quicker. Now, the point of that is there's been a handful of times that I have bought properties where I would give the owners two offers. The first offer would be an owner carry back financing, which would be typically about 85% of the upfront asking price. And then, so I would do an upfront cash offer that was trying to push up the other offer. So I would do a insulting cash offer that was anywhere from 33% to about 50% of the overall asking price. And uh, two times have I had the cash offer taken. And I said, huh, these two properties out of our portfolio, I got such a deal on it up front. It's because I bought it cash. And I said, if I put a fund together where I can buy properties for cash, and then I can use the takeout financing because these portfolios are up and operating. I can get takeout fee. I could get takeout financing pretty quickly. That's the whole concept of our whole fund. And that fund isn't for everybody. That fund is for folks that can put a check down about, so like 1 million up to eight, about $10 million. So that isn't for everybody. And That fund is awesome. I figured out how to get the income tax perks where people don't have to pay income tax, like up to about 10 million by investing with pre-tax type, pre-tax type funds. Right. And that's how things got going. Now, if anyone doesn't fit into that particular Avenue, I also can work with a, but folks that are a, that are a, a, the investors, a credited investors, we have projects that don't have the upfront funds, but they are homes that I can take time. When I purchase a home and turn it into this overall purpose, it takes us about 18 to about 24 to get it like fully, totally occupied. Not everyone can handle that. Timeframe because I can't have anything out until it is able to earn funds. So we have those type of options too. But that upfront eighty five thousand dollar taught me to be thoughtful of finding partnerships prior to actually having to happen. Right where that has changed everything for us going forward.
0: No, that that sounds great. And like you and I mentioned before, we even started it's that when you've obviously found your niche and when you niche yeah. down and find that expertise your business is obviously growing re- very rapidly yes again i wanted to remind everybody again it is boutique senior living fund.com but if this type of investment it sounds right for you or you'd like to learn more brandon is available and has offered to talk to you directly so head over to brandonschwab.com to book that appointment So Brandon, this has been a great conversation and I'm sure that this is, it really has opened the eyes up to a lot of individuals, but I do have a few rapid fire questions here for you to, to wrap things up here. If you're ready for
1: them. Um, yes, sir.
0: So we've, since you've been in real estate investing, we've all seen the late night infomercials and there's a ton of real estate investing myths that are perpetuated throughout our industry. What is one real estate investing myth you'd like to bust?
1: Ooh, probably the biggest thing that I just see people doing is they want to get into this industry and they overthink it. They put time to time and they just talk on deals and they just go to place of the place to in hundreds of thousands of dollars before they do their first deal. I feel like If folks could get into it and get out of the idea that they have to do everything on their own, but actually find a person that has been able to do what you are trying to do and just find out how you were able to help them. Add anything to help and just be part of it. Even if you don't earn anything, that is going to teach you a ton and it is going to help you from being part of what I would probably tell you is a percentage north of 70% of people that are interested to do this industry, but they don't ever do their first deal because they just overthink it and don't ever take action. I feel like if you would take action first and just like figure things out as you go, I think that's going to teach you things that are going to actually have to help you versus things that you think are going to hold you up. I think people up here think too much and the thought that you Cannot be able to do anything should just be like take it out, just toss that out, and don't ever tell yourself that.
0: That's a, that's an awesome piece of advice. If you could get recommend one book for everybody to check out, what wh- which one would it be?
1: Life in Air by that's a new one. Yeah, this book has changed everything for me. The author is Steve. Steve Cook, he is out of Tennessee now. A lot of investors will go through this book and they'll find common trends where as, so I was able to go through it, thought that they were like following me. Like this guy in this was a person that I felt was very close to how I acted. And this book was hard hitting for me. It was a hard hitting book because I realized that if you put 50 to 80 hours each week into anything, your kids are actually the people of your family that tend to get hurt and they don't care. So like what you earn or do, they just want you to be actively. So I'm there. And this event and that's changed how I thought of everything. I could probably have 30 of these homes today, but I chose to be active. And I have been coaching our oldest's team for travel, baseball for the past eight years. So I only have five houses open today. I guarantee you if I put in 40, 50, 80 hours each week, I could have 10, 20, 30 houses, but I don't care. The point is that I could be active and help him and that he thinks back to, hey, Dad always figured things out and he was always, he was always there. And that's how, that's what the things I took out of going through this book about 10 years ago.
0: That's a, that's a really important lesson that I, that we all need to learn pretty early, not only to be present, but it seems like as entrepreneurs, we take on so much stuff that all we do is create another j-o-b yeah
1: but the issue is you could easily do 80 hours a week you could do 80 plus hours per weekend that is unhealthy and if you don't control that you can explode a ton of other things with your family and kids can hate you quickly that isn't how i would tell anyone to to go
0: for sure if you could go back into time and give yourself your younger self, one piece of advice, what would it be?
1: The first company I opened when I was 15, I was detailing cars, boats and RVs, and I ended up doing it for 14 years. I wish I would have learned that put your time and effort into a company that you can build into a tangible asset. Because I thought I owned a asset. I thought I owned a company, but I was cleaning cars so RVs, and it wasn't something that people could actually purchase. And so I wish I would have learned what that was trying to teach me and get out of it faster. A thing that did teach me was over 14 years of doing it. When 2008 happened, I had a hard time after that. But a common trend that I saw was a high percentage of people that would pay me to take care of cars. And so all of those. They were people that they were able to own assets, tangible assets, and they told me that's how they got to that point. And I said, I need to figure that out. In 2010 was when I began investing, and I wish I would have done that about 10 years earlier. So that, oh, that's a
0: good one, Brandon. Is there a question or concept you wished we would have covered here today?
1: I. So I think this call was good today. I think you did a very good job covering different topics. So I feel like, I think we covered both how I was able to get into it, the opco of kind of what we do that's totally different. But then we also talked on the fun for people that like maybe aren't interested in doing just like what I've done, which If I could go back, I don't know if I would actually do what I've done again because it is hard. This is a tough thing to do, but at the point that I figured that out, I was too far in. So (laughs) it's key to find a person. I think if I could hit anything that that all of us didn't talk on today, I think with inflation today, so I think people have to be actively thinking of places that they could park capital. And one of the things that I'll tell you is, so I don't know what's going to happen going forward, but I can tell you our past crash was in 2008. So we're over 14 years like past that where things can't keep going up, up. So there has to be things that are going to happen. And one of the things that I did through all of our homework prior to ever getting into this business was to look at the asset class that I was able to get into. How did it handle the 2008 crash? And I found a NIC graph that was at the first quarter of 2015. And it had a comparison of the top commercial asset class because today you hear everyone talking about it's like multifamily. Oh my God, everyone's talking about that. And they, they are buying these things for cap rates of three or 4%. If you go back to this chart of how did from the first quarter of 2015 back 10 years, how did the top asset classes compare? And I found it was very interesting that our asset class, caring for the folks who are older, was the top asset class out of all of them. It was about 14.4% to investors. That was the average IR to invest, in, where apartment buildings. Office and all these other top asset classes that I feel people talk on pretty often was eight percent. So with inflation today of eight and a half percent, if you are okay with covering your costs but don't earn anything, that's an option. But I feel like that teaches you what could happen over if things are able to crash or how would these asset classes handle it? And I just think if the cap rates for a, a the so like multifamily is three to 4%, they have to decompress where they are going to go up. And where, when people are buying at three and 4%, you have to have lots of cash just to hold the asset. Not a ton of people get into those asset class thinking that they have to put cash in. So I would highly encourage the point that I take time to offer all of this is that I'm trying to teach people that there is another asset class that you don't have to put huge cash into. Me. If you have four or $500,000 that isn't earning you 8%, we ought to talk. This is a good asset class that has tangible assets to it. This past year, everyone was crazy. Cryptos was hot, right? They were earning twenty percent per month. That can't keep happening forever. And I think those people are pretty quiet today, and they probably wish they would have put dollars into a tangible asset. This asset class that I have is pretty cool because it has the asset, but it also is partnered. It also is also partnered up with healthcare. And if you are going to look at our current, the aging of our current country. People born from 46 to 64, it's the biggest population of our whole country and they have cash. They expect to be taken care of. Those are things that are telling you clues. One clue, two clue, three clues. It's telling you what's going to happen. And if you can get out in front of that to outpace inflation, I feel like that's a good thing to be thinking of compared to trying to compete with everyone else in a very competitive place, which is hard to earn cash when you're trying to compete. This is a good conversation to have. So if anyone has been able to get to this point, you can have time to talk with me. And so I'll give you up to about 30 minutes. We can talk on anything. We can talk on anything that, that I didn't answer here or So I could help answer anything else. That is, I feel the highest thing that I could offer anyone is time to talk to them because time is, it's a thing that you cannot purchase any extra. But if I could offer for anyone to get to this point, this is what, 30, 35 here. It's going to help us where they can come back and go, Hey, thank you for taking time. Even if you don't do, even if you don't do anything if I could just help you by teaching you that there is going to be different options out there, then I'll feel that I did awesome helping. you. And if you are able to hear of anyone that is interested, honestly, you could have them call us. So I am looking for introductions to family offices. So if anyone has any end, any family office coast to coast, I would be eternally thankful And we could help hundreds of people who are older with that in
0: No. And if you want to take advantage of that, head over to brandonschwab.com to schedule that call. I'll make sure to have all of those links as clickable in the show notes. But Brandon, this was a great conversation and I hope you join me back again sometime. All right. Thank you, sir. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.